Welcome back to J. Tom Lawler Rink on the campus of Merrimack College in North Andover, Mass., where our score at the end of the first period of play is UConn 1, Merrimack not, uh, 1, sorry, UConn 2, Merrimack 1, Hockey East Action here in North Andover on a Tuesday night. This is Mike Mackin alongside John Leahy and joining us here in the first intermission, Ian Moshane from the Merrimack Sports Network. And Ian, uh, first period, pretty much I think uh, what we thought it would be, uh, physical play, both ends of the ice. Uh, you've got Merrimack's top player, Max Newton, scores to give them the lead. And then later for UConn, their top player, Yakin Kondalik, scores to give them the lead. UConn uh, make it 2-1. Good bounce back by the Huskies after giving up that early power play goal. And uh, they take the lead 2-1 after one. Yeah, I mean, we kind of we thought that this is how this game was going to go. I mean, every time that Merrimack and UConn have seen to get together over the course of the last call it, four years now, this is the style of hockey we play. UConn finds a way to get in shot lanes and really prevents Merrimack. And Merrimack has to find ways to make the most of their opportunities. You mentioned that, that top player, and Max Newton, continuing his hot streak. He picks up the power play goal early to give Merrimack the lead. But you mentioned the good response from, from UConn. I mean, that's what they do. They find a way to be a thorn in Merrimack's side, and they've proven it here through 20 minutes. It's, it's not going to be a different time. The Huskies have a good match, a uh, good, good uh, mix, I would say, of uh, good size, physical size, and speed. You know, some guys who aren't afraid to throw their weight around, able to go to the net, get pucks to the net, get bodies to the net as well, and get goals, as we've seen. But as well, you know, Merrimack's been trying to get pucks behind the defense. Not been as easy to do tonight as it was perhaps against UNH in Maine last weekend. No surprise, certainly, but... Uh, you know, that's a credit, I think, to the physical play and the, uh, the the speed of getting back there and being able to win those battles of the UConn defense in the first period. Yeah, I think Mark, Mike Cavanaugh, excuse me, has done a good job over the course of the last couple of years. I, mean, I remember when UConn first came into the league, they were kind of, they were the new program, they were the doormat, they, they would come into programs and other buildings and, and kind of get beat on, but now over the course of, again, the last couple of years, they've transitioned and they've become a team that is going to create problems for teams night in and night out. They're not going to roll over and, and give teams an easy win. That's why they're sitting where they are in the standings, just two points behind Merrimack. And, you know, it, again, it, it, it's a testament to what Mike Kavanaugh has done with this program and how he's turned it over. And it's, it, it's, You can see his staple is on there. That's how he wants his team to play. They want him to play physical. They want it to be a battle in behind the net and below the dots. And it, 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 It's going to be this way all night. Well, the other thing, too, really, is talent, right? And uh, we heard Scott Borg say it earlier today. He thinks UConn might be a, one of the most, of the most uh, talented teams in the league. And you look it up and down the lineup where NHL draft picks and so on. That's always, of course, what Mike Cavanaugh was known for at Boston College. Recruiting great talent to Boston College. He came to UConn. He's been doing the same thing there. And, you know, build, getting this team to where, you know, he wants to be. I think this is, you know, at this point, you look at the lineup and the guys that they have. I mean, I'm, I'm, John and I were talking about this before the game. You got, you know, arguably, you know, you got three lines there that can score goals, uh, can put pucks in the net. And I would say Merrimack's in the same situation. These are two teams that I think are pretty evenly matched and a, a couple of clubs that certainly have, you know, been building to this point on the season where they're both very close in the standings. Their overall record, the league record is very similar. Uh, you know, a lot of the numbers uh, are pretty similar between both of these two teams. But, um, 
you know, no surprise, I think, that, that we ought, we do have this tight game like this. I would, I would expect that we're going to end up in probably a one-goal game at the finish. But um, as we look at the standings, you look at where these two teams are in the standings, uh, you know, is it too soon to call this one of the biggest games of the year? How how far is the, the end result in this game, whichever team wins, or if it goes to overtime, you know, how far is that going to go, you think, towards deciding where these teams end up at the end of the season? No, this is definitely a, a, a swing game as far as the standings are concerned. I mean, both teams enter tonight at 14 or 11, and both teams are two games over 500 in hockey's play. This is what both programs have been building towards the last couple of years, and every year I think the swing point becomes once the calendar turns over from December into January, you realize you're closer to the end of the season than you are at the beginning. Every game from that point of the season on is, is crucial, but especially when you get into games like tonight, and obviously this game is supposed to be played earlier in the season at the beginning of December, but that, that wasn't able to take place because of health and safety protocols with the UConn program, but this game is going to determine, you know, potentially down the line who's getting the first round by and who's playing at home in the opening round, the quarterfinal round of the playoffs. All right, let's take a look at what else is going on around the league. Bean pot last night uh, in Boston, TD Garden, first time in a couple of years. John was there as well, so I want to get his thoughts, but I saw a little bit of it on television. I think you might have as well, Ian, but a couple of close games, a couple of uh, one-goal games, if I remember right. Uh, Harvard and BU. BU wins by a goal, then Northeastern defeats Boston College. A couple of pretty close games, Ian. Uh, did you get a chance to see any, any of the uh, either of the games in your thoughts? Yeah, I was able to catch a couple of them. I mean, I thought Harvard gave BU a real battle in that first game. Uh, when they went up 4-1, to one, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I mean, Harvard showed a little bit of that resiliency that they had a couple of weeks ago when they took on Boston College. They fell down 3-1, to one, but they were able to answer with five, five consecutive comebacks when that game was 6-3, and they showed that last night. Um, Felter kept Northeastern alive in that game last night, and I thought BC played well despite missing some of their top guys who were over in Beijing with the Olympics. I think next weekend you're going to get, or next Monday, excuse me, you're going to get two more great hockey games. How about the two teams, John, that win? Uh, had their, both of their goaltenders are now over in, in China right now getting ready to compete in just a couple of days in the Olympics. Drew Comesso for Boston University. He just happens to win the Hockey's Goaltender of the Month in January, and then he heads over to play for the U.S. team. Well, his uh, replacement, I guess, if you want to call it that, Vinny Duplessis, doesn't seem like he's missed a beat. He wins the game last night, and then you have Devin Levi heading over to play for Canada, and now he just happens to play in the same league as a, another great goaltender like Comesso. Levi's having an outstanding season himself. He leaves Northeastern and goes over there. Everybody says, who's Tim Semptenfelter? Well, I think after last night's win over B.C., people know who he is now, right? Yeah, he was terrific. Uh, I was impressed with the fight of Boston College being down with the struggles that they've had lately. Uh, they pressured Northeastern last night. Semptenfelter was terrific. And uh, Northeastern doesn't lose a whole lot between Levi and him, it looks like. So Northeastern's going to be tough to beat next Monday. Merrimack's going to face Northeastern the final weekend of the season. I realize that Levi's probably going to be back at that point. We, that's our understanding. But, uh, you know, now seeing the Huskies live, uh, how do you how do you handicap the matchup between these two teams, even though it's not for another three weeks or so? Yeah, I think it's, it's going to be a tremendous uh, two nights of hockey. I think Northeastern is loaded. Uh, I think Merrimack will play with them, though, very well, especially here in this building, what we've seen. Uh, so it's going to be two great games of hockey, and I think Merrimack will be uh, battling for that uh, top four spot by then. It should be great to watch. All right, Ian, uh, let's uh, turn our attention to football now. Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. This is the last time that we'll be on air here before Super Bowl Sunday. Cincinnati and L.A. Rams. I don't 
don't know how many people had Cincinnati to get there. I'm sure some folks are holding a ticket from Vegas who are pretty excited and pretty happy uh, to win a pretty penny uh, if the Bengals end up winning the whole thing. But how do you see that game turning out on Sunday? That's the kind of game that's going to come down to between the tackles. Cincinnati's offensive line has struggled all year. I mean, you look at the wild card weekend, or the divisional round, excuse me, against Tennessee. Tennessee was able to get to Joe Burrow and sack him nine times in that game. They somehow still found a way to come out and prevail in that football game. The Rams side of things, where do they succeed most? The defensive side of the ball, that front line. Aaron Donald, you know, and then the secondary, they got Dominic, uh, excuse me, uh, Vaughn Miller, who came over to trade earlier this season from the, uh, the Broncos. And then a secondary, you know, a guy like Jay, uh, Jalen Ramsey, who I'm very familiar with being a Florida State football fan myself. I got to see him play a handful of times when he was down in Tallahassee. And, I think it's going to be a Rams victory, but deep down I'm pulling for Joey B and the Bengals to be a bit of an upset, you know, in a, in a great storyline, too. I mean, you look at it, Cincinnati's a city that hadn't had a playoff victory in 31 years, and now here they are. They're one win away from winning the whole thing, and I think it would be great for a, fo- for a football city like that in Cincinnati that hasn't had a lot of success in the last three decades. So I like the Rams, but I'm going to be pulling for Cincinnati. All right, give me a score. I'm going to go a Rams win. I think it's going to be by 10, so I'll say 27-17. If it's a Cincinnati win, I'll go 23-20. All right, John, your pick? 31-24 Rams. All right, there you go. Uh, you can take those picks to the bank, or if, if you do and it doesn't work out that way, don't don't blame us. I wouldn't take mine to the bank. <laughs> All right, Ian, thanks. Great to see you as always. We appreciate your time. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of the game. All right, you as well, Ian Boshane, our guest here in the first intermission. Our score is UConn 2, Merrimack 1. We'll be back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.